Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by Chad Jarvis. How are you doing today, Chad? I'm doing as good as a 4-0 win could possibly do be doing right now. I mean, I'm over the moon, and we're in the playoffs for the first time all season, and that's hard to believe that we're in sixth place. This is the highest we've been in the league all season. But, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. How are you, Noah? It was. I mean, yesterday was incredible. There, there is no way to describe it other than absolutely incredible. I thought we were going to win. I didn't think we were going to win in the manner that we did, and especially the quality of goals that we scored in this game against Swansea. My goodness. And A, to get four. B, to have results go our way. And for us to be in a playoff position. I mean, we are riding high right now, my friend. We are riding high. I really quickly just want to apologize to our listeners. I know that a lot of you were clamoring for our episode last week, but life got in the way, unfortunately. Um, work has just been so busy. I'm Thank goodness I'm on vacation right now, taking a holiday. I'm actually uh, on, on your coast right now, Chad. I'm in Washington, D.C., our, our nation's capital here. And uh, so, you know, I ha- obviously I have had a lot more time to be able to a record this podcast and get it out to our fans in in due course here. So, um, yeah, just wanted to very briefly apologize. But hey, we're getting to review a win here. We're getting out a podcast to you in which we're reviewing a win and not two successive kind of boring nil nil draws. So, you know, that's that's where I'm at right now. So. I mean, what else is there to say, like, besides, you know, getting into our review here? And, I mean, this one started immediately, we're on the front foot. Like, Mm -hmm. Sander Berge, he was impressive in this game. He drove down the right-hand side, overwhelmed Ladebourier to retrieve the ball before sending it across that wasn't able to find anyone, but this was a great example of, of, like, what was to come from Berge all game. If Morgan Gibbs-White doesn't get those two goals... Berge is probably the man of the match, right? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, this is, can we say this is his best game in a Blades shirt since he's signed for us? I, it, one of them, for sure. I mean, I can't think of a better example off the top of my head. Yeah, me either. I mean, he started off at the beginning of the season where everybody was just trying to drag him down, like, through the midfield, and he was he was playing good for those first couple of games, got injured. And then we haven't seen much of him. He's kind of been irrelevant when he came back. And then yesterday, he he had a wonderful game. Yeah, definitely made an argument to be starting a lot more games. And I really liked how he flowed with both Morgan Gibbs-White and Billy Sharp. Like when we'd hit them on a counter, he'd always be up there and playing a lot more forward. You know, I I think a lot of uh, I think a lot of Blade supporters have been complaining that he's dropped into more of a defensive midfield position or that's how he was played at times but i think he's great when he's going forward when he's like carrying the ball because nobody can take him down i mean he was getting chopped down a lot earlier in the season but now he's staying on his feet and i mean there was one point in the game i think it was like towards the death where i think he beat like four or five tackles uh before slipping in a ball for jebison i think it was eventually called offside but it was just an example of 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 what he can do you know, with the ball at his feet. I mean, phenomenal stuff from Berge. Honestly, as a whole, this team kind of just stepped up and they were like miles better than Swansea yesterday. Like, this is the most 
emphatic win from start to finish we've had in a very, very long time. Honestly, it, it's unlike the Fulham game where we got the early goal and then we kind of like closed up shop and really didn't do anything the rest of the game. This one from start to finish, we dominated. It was just pure dominance for 90 minutes. I mean, this was a game where we really put the league on notice. I mean, we demonstrated that as of this moment, we are probably the toughest team in this league to beat. Yeah, and it's kind of like you've been hearing whispers over the last couple of, you know, maybe the last month. Hey, United are on a run. They're 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 making a run, you know, putting a good run together. And then, boom, we, we come out with this result yesterday, and now the whole league knows. Like, everybody. And I'm talking even Fulham and Bournemouth, those top two teams that seem to be miles above everybody and in, in, are going to lock up those two automatic promotions spots. Hey, man, if we if, if we string a bunch together and we go on a run, I'm not saying, but I'm saying, them, them boys better look out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't want to even begin the discussion about automatic promotion because, look, we just – got into a playoff position as of yesterday so let's take it one step at a time i mean but here's the thing we're only four points off of third place right now you know we beat rovers midweek here i mean the sky's the limit i've i've maintained that and and this is exactly what i said at the beginning of the year a lot of people were downtrodden a lot of people thought oh we're not going to do any better than mid table but I mean, what I said to you, and I said it time and time again, you put a string of eight games together, unbeaten, which is what we've done, and we just shot up the league. To think where we were, like, around January, like, early January, where, where we were, like, what, 12th, 13th? I think, yeah, but if you even go back further than that, I think we were as low as, like, December, start of December, I think we were 16th in the league. Yeah. Because we wallowed around those bottom few positions almost in the relegation zone for – I don't know what, at least the first two months of the season. And then yep. even even come the first of the year, you know, obviously with the postponements of games and everything, I think we're 12th to start the, the, the calendar year. And then we just slowly started making our way up the league. Yeah, it's I mean, this rise has been this run of games has really, really been incredible. And I mean, yesterday just kind of was dem- demonstrative of how good this team can be on our day, you know? Like, if we would have kept Hecky in charge from the beginning of the season, where would we be at? That's a good question. I mean, I it's been posed that, you know, we'd probably be in first or second place at this point if we hadn't brought Jokanovic in. Yeah, because, I mean, he had the side when we went down at the end of last season, and then we bring in Slav. We don't bring hardly any players in. We didn't, I don't think we brought anybody in. Maybe deadline day signings, but I mean, other than that, through summer, we didn't do any business. So if we would have kept Hecky in, in charge, he would have had a whole summer with him, and we would have been. I would agree with with the statements you said. We'd probably be an automatic promotion race. It'd be us, Fulham, Bournemouth. You know, yeah, it's crazy to think where we would be. Hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, but it's crazy to think where we'd be if we just kept him in charge. Yeah, yeah. I know. And it's, I mean, look, we might get brought down to earth eventually. And you said this before we we jumped on, eventually we are going to lose another game. I mean, we're not going to go unbeaten the the next, what, 16 games, 15 games. Um, It's just not going to happen. But, but you figure if we can win 
10 of our last 16 or 15, whatever it is. I think, is it 15? We, yeah. If we can yeah, win 10 so. of our last 15 games, I mean, that puts us in an amazing position. I think that can get us as high as third. If if there's yeah. faltering from, from both Fulham and Bournemouth, if there's further faltering from them, I mean, maybe, maybe there's an outside chance, but that's putting the cart before the horse. That is really, yeah. really putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. Let's just maintain our playoff position, and and I'll I'll be happy based on how this season has gone. I will be happy if we sneak into the playoffs. That's yeah. I mean that's what we should be going for. Yeah, uh, agreed. And you know, looking at it, if we probably win eight out of our last fifteen and get a couple of draws and they're sprinkled in there, obviously lose three or so. That still is going to probably put us fourth, third, fourth, I would imagine. I don't think, you know, losing three games out of the last 15 and only winning eight and having a couple draws is going to affect us that much. I I think right now where we are, because if you look at the table, the the only team I think, well, man, there's so many teams stacked in here. I mean, you could all, whew, man, you. It's it's like we said. Any one of those teams goes on a good run of games, they're going to shoot up the league. You know, they yeah, can, they can it, bunny hop over us. Yeah, if you look down to Bristol City in sixteenth, they're ten points behind us, and they're in sixteenth. So ten point gap from sixth to sixteenth, and you can go even further to to third. Blackburn is on fifty four points. Bristol City's on forty. So that's fourteen points between third and sixteenth. This is tight, 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 tight. Yep. Yep. But here's the good news. And I mean, it's been said, uh, we have a very friendly schedule. I think of our last 15 games, what, 10 or nine of them are going to be at the lane. Yeah. So yeah, granted, granted, I think five or six of those are against top eight teams. So uh, I, I mean, that 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 is a little bit rough, but at least the games are at the lane. At least we're not yeah. playing those games away from home. Yeah, that's what I was about to say is I would much rather have all those games at Bramall Lane. You got to come into our house and try and get points off of us. We don't have to worry about going into opposing uh, grounds in, you know, raucous atmospheres and them, you know, nicking a win. We've got the home support. Let's go and let's put this charge on. And how about those supporters? I mean, they were absolutely phenomenal. And the lane's been rocking recently. It has. It really has. I think we're consistently getting, what, 27,000 through the gate? Like, on yeah, we the regular. Were, yeah, yesterday we were second behind Darby because Darby had like 30,000 at their game, which is surprising. But we were second. I think we had like 26,000 or about 20. I think you round up. It's, it's right around 27,000, 26,000, 27,000. So, that's consistent. I mean, there's not too many open seats at Bramble Lane, and you you can see the better we do, the more the empty seats are filling in. You got to give a credit to Swansea fans, though. I think they sent like 875, but they had a massive winter storm come through Friday night into Saturday, so you have to give them mass, massive amounts of credit for coming all the way from Wales to Bramble Lane in treacherous weather. And watch your team gonna... get drubbed 4-0. Man, I'm not giving them any credit for lighting a black flare at like three nil, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That that didn't really make any sense. 
What what is it with teams coming in drawing or or losing and lighting flares like last yeah, couple right? of games? <laughs> anyway, so let's get back into it here. Um, you know, we had a few corners early on. Nothing really came from them, but the first real chance of the game came to Swansea as Oliver Cham took a shot from outside the box. I should correct myself. It's Olivier and Cham. Uh, he took a shot from outside the box, and that went wide. Sheffield United's first chance was indeed our first goal of the game off of a corner taken by Fleck. I believe it's headed out by a Swansea defender, but Berge got on it. He put in a really hard pass to Fleck, who takes a good touch on the ball, plays back to Basham, who passes to Norwood, who puts in a beauty, an absolute beauty of a ping into Morgan Gibbs-White over the top. He controls it with his chest, takes a touch, and with the outside of his boot, just bangs it past Swansea keeper Andy Fisher. It's a beautiful goal and one of such quality that completely demonstrates why Morgan Gibbs-White is going to be playing Premier League football next season. Yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping it's with us instead of Wolves. But it's good to see him get his goal. And after he's had a couple of games, you know, coming back from injury, he didn't play exactly well against Huddersfield. So it's good to see him get back on the score sheet and his confidence go through the roof, and he did make an Instagram post that says, I effing love this place. So, yeah, you know, hint, hint, wink, wink, come on, Prince. Let's fork over about $55 million for him and just s- sign him. Yeah, I mean, his value's certainly gone up this year. I, Without I, a doubt. I, don't, I think it's going to take probably not $55 million, but maybe mid to high 20s. To, to keep oh, yeah. the lane. Oh, I'm completely exaggerating that price tag, but I mean, whatever he wants, you should you should match it right now, especially if you can lure him away from Wolves. And based on the Wolves podcast I was on a, about a month ago, Wolves aren't too big of fans of him. Yeah, they don't so rate if, him. It's crazy. No, they, they are not fans of him. So if we can, you know, maybe Wolves offload, offloads him at the end of the season and we can get you know, a decent deal for him and bring him in and make him a permanent player for us, that is going to do world worlds of good for us. It's going to be entirely predicated upon what league we're playing in. If we're getting Premier League money next year, then I think we could make a better argument for purchasing him. If yeah. we're going to be in the championship next season, I do not think we're going to be able to purchase Morgan Gibbs. The whole thing is, too, um, Wolves are, they just beat Leicester at home today 2-1 and so they're climbing up the table into those european spots so it's going to be even harder to lure them away because they're going to need that squad depth with them playing if they make qualify for champions league or europa league next year they're going to need that squad depth. so it's gonna be harder to lure them away and it also affects his mindset as, as far as do i want to be playing for you know my current parent club parent club that's going to be in europe next season or do i want to be coming back to Sheffield United, who at the most optimistic at this point are going to be playing, would be playing Premier League football. That's the most optimistic that we could get, but are going to, you know, and this is wildly, wildly speculative. I mean, we're going to be in the bottom half of the Premier League next year if we're lucky enough to get promoted. Big old if. So, you know, from his mindset, I mean, I can see... You know, not wanting to stay with Sheffield United, even if all of those things happen, even if that series of events happens to the effect that we're able to even able to purchase him from from Wolves. So 
again, we're being wildly speculative here. Uh, let's cross that bridge when we come to it. But for the time being, love that man, Morgan Gibbs White, the law firm, absolutely brilliant goal. And then, and then I didn't think that goal was going to be beat, but Georgie fucking Balduck. Oh my God. <laughs> what a goal that was, right? That Tell was us. a absolute rocket. 17th rocket. minute. 17th minute. Morgan Gibbs White and Sander Berge with some great interplay. Berge finds Fleck about 25 yards from, from goal. He passes to the left to Norrington Davies, who puts in a ball that was intended, I think, for Morgan Gibbs White, but Balduck takes it first time absolutely smashes it it goes bar down which is a hockey term you we, you don't see that as often uh, in football but goes bar down and he is away celebrating arguably the best goal of this season uh, by any any Sheffield United player definitely a goal of the season candidate eh? oh without a doubt I mean as as I often use on the use this term on here it was an absolute piss missile he just hit I mean, he came out of nowhere and just that ball set up perfect for him. And I swear I saw flames come off that ball. The thing was going so fast. That keeper had no shit. Thank God the keeper didn't even try to save it because he would have probably blew his hands off. That's how fast it was going. The goal of the season for me. That's it. That's the goal of the season. It was special. That was something special. And I could watch that again and again and again. And I have. I think I've probably watched that 20 times since yesterday. So in the 23rd minute, I mean, Swansea had what, like, I, I wouldn't even call it a half chance, quarter chance. They want a free kick in there, attacking half. Manning put in a ball looking for Christie, who just couldn't get on it. 27th minute, the law firm on the break. He slipped just a beautiful ball for Billy Sharp, who at level with the goal line put in a cross back for the law firm, who was not six yards out. He heads it and it it's just a spectacular miss. He has to score there. Should have had his brace 27 minutes into this game, Chad. Should have. Yep. He should have. I mean, but he can't score them all, you know. Yeah. Not all we're going to go in that you want, but still, nonetheless, it was a good effort. And it was – it's what I wanted to see. And, you know, one thing he didn't do yesterday, he didn't try to be too tricky on the ball. You know, like we talk about, he doesn't do the spinorama – back heel i'm gonna try and do all this trickery type footwork i just played the game you, i've been you saying say that. that you say that but the next literally the next chance in the game was him doing just that and yeah. costing us a chance because of it but yeah this was when i think robinson got it up to fleck at the halfway line who put in a ball over the top for morgan gibbs white who's he was in i mean he was mm -hmm. in just the keeper to beat but he tried to play a little back heel pass to billy sharp who was nowhere near there. Like it was just, it was just poor, poor link up play there, but it would have just been him and the keeper. I mean, why did he pass it back there? I'm yeah. I don't know. It's just like, he has a flair for the dramatics or, or, or theatrics. Uh, I guess I don't really understand why he has to do that all the time. Just play the game, man. Just play the game. It's a, this isn't FIFA where you got to hit spin moves and stuff. You can overpower these players. Yeah, yeah. In, in the championship, it, it you want to play the kiss rule, you know? Keep it simple, stupid, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was frustrating, but I it, at the same time, it just felt like we were toying them at this point in the game, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. And then in the 33rd minute, Jackie Longthrow put in one of his patented long throws, 
And the ball fell to Fleck, who put in a great through ball for Norrington Davies on the left-hand side of the box. He tried to cross it in for Egan, who just could not get a good foot on the ball. It goes out for a goal kick. 36 minute, a chance for Swansea as Ladebourie put in a ball for Olivier Ncham down the left-hand side. From, from a Swansea perspective, he drove into the center of the pitch before taking a hard low shot that was easily saved by clean sheet Wes. I mean, we, they did not challenge Wes at all. I mean, nothing really challenged him all game. No. He, I mean, he could have basically sat back there and read a book. I mean, they, you look at this, the stats, and they had 68% of the ball, but didn't do anything with it. They passed it around a lot. That was it. They didn't, like... They kind of started the probe a little bit, but they never amounted to anything. I was like, well, I mean, you're going to cover our next goal. And I was like, this is the game's over here. When we make it 3-0, the game's over. Yeah, yeah. And that happened in the 38th minute on a long ball up the pitch. Swansea just couldn't handle Balduck's challenge. And as a result, Morgan Gibbs-White is away down the right-hand side of the pitch. He slips just a great ball for, for Billy Sharp, who's in on the keeper. He dinks it over him, and that's 3-0. And that was game, set, match at that point. It was really just a matter of how many it was going to be because they weren't looking threatening. And that was our best half of the season. I, I said that at the beginning of the podcast, far and away, our best first half of the season. I have a question for you, Chad. Do you think Billy Sharp can get 20 goals before the end of the season? Uh, what's he on 13 now? Yep, just needs seven more. Seven more, and we got 15 games, so that's about a goal every other game. Yeah. I mean, it, it's possible. We haven't seen – I mean, he's due for a Billy hat trick against somebody. We played Barnsley, I think, coming up, so, you know, he might – that might – you know, sniff out a hat trick. You never, I, I think he possibly could. Nothing's impossible for Billy Sharp. We all know that. So, I mean, 20 goals. Yeah. And who would have thought that at the beginning of the year that Billy Sharp, 36 years old, would have had getting 20, 20 goals a season for yeah. us. Yeah. I, I can't remember what our predictions were for, for goals for Billy Sharp, but I think we did give that prediction. I think I probably said like I, around seven. Is that what I said? I think I said yeah. around seven. I think it'd been. I think it would have been around like ten or seven, and, and between five and ten, because we had other goal scores that we thought we were going to pop more goals, but that just hasn't hasn't happened. Yeah. And, and big credit to Billy Sharp for dragging the strikers' room through the mud. McBurney can't get it done. Brewster can't get it done. Moose is gone. I mean, Jebo featured at the end of this match, but Billy Sharp just just dragging it, just dragging. The only thing is, if we do go up. We go on some run and we go up, man, we're going to have to do a lot of work to the side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess my other question, I, we'll talk about him a little bit later, but how do, in the limited minutes that he had, how do you think Jebo looked? To be completely honest with you, I had switched off the game. I, I was still watching it, but I wasn't paying intent me intention. I wanted to go and get more goals. But, I mean, he looked from what I saw, he looked all right. I mean, nothing yeah. spectacular, nothing, you know, workman-like performance. You know, it's first game that he's played in since, what, over a month probably yeah. since we, we, we recalled him back from, from Burton. But I, I'm curious to see if he gets a start Wednesday against Blackburn. That'll be interesting. I I think, if, I mean, if we're going to put Ndiaye back into the side, I think Ndiaye starts above him. 
Yeah. And I mean, I kind of like, uh, you know, a front three, well, a front two, and then Morgan Gibbs White in the hole of Billy Sharp and Illman and Jaye. We'll, we'll save that for when we're giving our, our predictions for our game against Rovers. But really quickly, what about Billy Sharp on defense? I mean, he at one point, he took the ball away like in a really dangerous area and started driving up the right-hand side of the pitch. I mean, that is why he's our captain right there, you know, on yeah, both he's, ends just doing it, you know? Yeah, he's just tracking. I, I think this isn't the first game. I think the Huddersfield game, he was tracking back as well. And, yeah, he's doing it all. And he looks like he's the energized bunny. He doesn't quit. Yeah. He does not quit. But the whole thing is when this third goal went in, I automatically thought about it in my head is, okay, we got to start looking to, okay, this game's done and dusted. We're not going to knock on wood. We're not going to blow this game. We got to start getting players off here because we got a big one coming midweek. Let's start thinking about getting these, these players rotated and start getting them off. Yep. And like I said, that was pretty much all of the action in the first half. I mean, we were absolutely immaculate and dominant in that first half. I mean, they barely had a sniff, right? I think they had, like, what, two shots? And only yeah. one of them was on net? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. So the second half started, and there was an amazing bit of play very early on as Balduck put in a great challenge to win the ball from Patterson. He got it to Norwood, who almost blindly but accurately passed to Billy Sharp just outside of the box. He drove diagonally into the box, found Berge on the right-hand side, who passed to Balduck coming in, who puts it in the back of the net, but he is just offside. I mean, what a play that was from, especially from Badgate to find Balduck there. But live, I think he was probably a foot offside. I, I, I couldn't really tell. Yeah, I mean, it was a tough angle, but yeah, he, he looked just hair offsides. But I mean, we come out of, you would have thought coming out of halftime, we just kind of like close up shop. No, we're going. We're, we're, we're smell blood in the water, and, and that's one thing too. I wanted us to keep the foot on the gas because I wanted to get us to get a huge – got to build up this goal differential now coming down the stretch because that, that could be something that inevitably keeps us in or sees us drop out of the playoffs at the end of the season. If we're still in that position, is our goal differential. And right now, what do we set on? We set on a plus, plus 10. 10. So, I mean, there's not too many teams in or around us that have – as high a goal differential as us, Blackburn's got 12, QPR has 10, Huddersfield's got seven, we got 10, Middlesbrough has eight. So the more we can get ahead of them, the less chance, if it comes down to that, then we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, right you are, right you are. That is going to be important down the stretch for sure. So, and I think it was the 50th minute, Jamie Patterson drove like down the middle, took a shot from outside the box, easily saved by foddering him. 56 minute Norwood put in a pass on the left-hand side to Robinson who got it to Norrington Davies and he put it to Fleck who crossed the ball and looking for Sharp but he just doesn't get a good head on it. I want to touch really quickly here Chad. Norrington Davies I'm sure as you saw uh, he was part of the team of the week as far as the Skybet championship was concerned. Do you think that was well deserved? It was kind of a little bit of a shock, you know. I didn't really see it coming and then I saw the team of the week I was like, "All right, R&D after a couple of uh not so stellar performances, you know, in the hall in, in Huddersfield game. I'm okay with it though. He did play good yesterday, but the whole I mean, honestly, the whole team could have made the team of the week because it's we true. didn't have we didn't really put a foot wrong. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I was I was just surprised to see him make it and not Sandra Berge in, in that team of the week. 
Yeah, it's probably because they had Morgan Gibbs White in there as well. So they want to put Sandra Bergay in there, Morgan Gibbs White. Then you got to put in Ali Norwood. Then you just might as well put John Fleck in there. And you can't do without George Baldock. And I mean, hell, since you got Baldock in there, you might as well put Egan and Basham in there. And you can't, I mean, Wes got a clean sheet. You might as well put him back there. And then you got Billy Sharp up front. He was already in there. So, I mean, you start putting one piece to the puzzle, the rest of them start falling all in. By by the time it, it, it's all over, the whole team of the week's the blade. So, yeah. I mean, that's just my opinion. I might have my red and white goggles on right now, but. Maybe just a little bit, and also they were looking at all of the all of the performances from the week. I think we win win that game uh, against Hull, and it's maybe a different story as far yeah. as a couple more of our our players getting into the team of the week. But um, still, phenomenal stuff. Fifty ninth minute, Norrington Davies wins the ball in a good position. He gets the ball back to the law firm, who is absolutely clattered into by Manning to win a free kick in a good position just above the D. And then on the free kick, Fleck takes it. It's well struck, but right into the goalkeeper Fisher, who, um, you know, it's an easy enough save for him. And I, I think he was hoping the keeper was going to move because he was expect maybe expecting him to think that the ball was going over the wall. Uh, but it went around the wall and right into Fisher. But a, a good, like, well-taken direct free kick there from from Fleck. Yeah. And after that, we hit them on the counter a few times. Like I said earlier in the podcast, Morgan Gibbs-White, Sharp, Badgay joining in. And we just looked so dangerous at times. If we can do that consistently, uh, we are going to score goals on the counterattack. And Badgay, super free-flowing. Got into great positions. Like I said, were it not for a Morgan Gibbs-White brace, he would have been my man of the match easily. So Swansea's best chance of the game came as Stewart put in a good pass to Piero, who put in a great ball looking for Ladaboudier, but Wes got to the ball to avert any danger. Like you said earlier, Chad, I mean, they did not offer really anything Moving forward, a couple of shots from outside the box, one threatening ball in uh, that West got to, and that was really their best chance of the game. They did not look threatening like they were going to score ever, really, in this game. 73rd minute, Norwood had a go off of a free kick just outside the box to the left-hand side, but it was high and wide. And then, 78th minute. Fleck down the left-hand side. He put in a good pass to a streaking Nor- Norrington Davies. He got it back to Fleck, who got it to Robinson. He passed to Norwood on the left-hand side, who one-touched it back to Norrington Davies. He tried to cross it in. It was deflected. Billy Sharp still got on it on it anyway. Billy touches it to Morgan Gibbs-White, who strikes the ball into the back of the net on the right-hand side. I mean, Wonderful work goal. Like, really, really great stuff there. 4-0, and that's how it would finish. A brace for the law firm and another assist for Billy. I mean, both of them. Both of them played so great. They were so dangerous for so much of the game. Phenomenal effort. Phenomenal team effort. Like I said, from front to back, we didn't have any issues. The only issue that we did have is that when uh, Swansea's keeper just gifted Norwood the ball and he – missed the wide open goals to make it five. And it's just like, you know, hey, everything's not going our way. But yeah, it was still it was still a good effort. You just gotta put it in. I mean the dude's the goal was gaping. It was gaping wide open. Yeah, he just smashed it over the over the bar, right? Like just yeah, it was just like it. come on man. Just oh, I don't know. He had eyes for goal and his eyes 
swelled up and oh god, he got too big for the moment. Put it over. Yep. 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 I another question for you here, Chad. I know that this is kind of out of nowhere, but what did you think of Charlie Good's first performance as a blade? It wasn't I mean, it was a good performance. I mean, he slotted right back in there. It was pretty solid back there. Yeah. You know, we didn't skip a beat. You know, when he got subbed on and hopefully who was a ball that came off with yeah. an injury. Yeah, yeah. He got subbed on. Yeah. Like, I mean, like Baldock never left. I mean, the only thing that changed was the number and the name on the back of the shirt. It was flawless, you know? So I'm okay with it. It was yeah, really and good. Bash, Bash moved into that right wing back position, which I don't know if he's had a ton of experience playing, but I mean, they they weren't offering anything anyway. And obviously we know Bash likes to get down the right-hand side there. But yeah, Charlie Good was great. He put in a couple of crosses that I thought looked pretty dangerous. I mean, on one of them, Billy Sharp got pulled down in the box and it was like a penalty shot, but otherwise it was a great cross and he looked comfortable. I mean, he looked like he'd been playing with with uh, Egan and Robinson for, for ages, you know? Yeah, I'm good with that. I like that chemistry. I like that chemistry. 89th minute, you just talked about this, Chad. Fisher played it to a defender who tried to one-touch it. Norwood got on it, smashes it over the bar. Should have been five. Um, And then Norwood had one more chance, like right at the death. On the break, he took a shot that was just to the left of goal. He had the keeper beat. It was not far off. And by God, one day, Oliver Norwood is going to score a goal in the championship. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it is going to happen. I I said before the end of the year, he's going to just smash one either on a direct free kick or, you know, like in the run of play, he is going to get his goal eventually. Yeah, I can see it coming. It's just, and one thing is we're starting to get more set pieces closer to goal. So, you know, he's going to nail one of these at some point. Yeah, yeah. And that is pretty much how the game finished there. I mean, I know who you're going to say, Chad, but who is your man of the match? Well, it had to be the law firm. But uh, honestly, if I want to be different, I would say the guy that I've slagged off for a year and a half, Oliver Norwood, he played really good. He played he's, he's played really good in midfield over the last, what, eight, maybe eight games. He hasn't played in all of those games, but, I mean, the last few games he's played pretty good in yeah. that midfield. And it's like, where the hell has he been the whole time? He's finally figured it out, and now he's now we've got the ball rolling downhill, and he's just getting better. Yep, yep. It's it's incredible, you know. He is far and away our most improved player this season. Ollie, mm-hmm. Ollie Norwood, for sure. Great. You know, I'm also gonna say it has to be Morgan Gibbs White. If we're selecting somebody besides Morgan Gibbs White, obviously I'm gonna say Sander Bergay, who I just thought was a general in the midfield. He was really, really good in this game, and. You know, he was beating four or five guys down the middle, putting in really, really good through balls. Again, phenomenal performance from Sander Bedgay. He plays like that consistently, and we're not going to lose many games down the stretch here. No. So, important game this Wednesday, Chad, against Blackburn Rovers at the lane. It is a 7.45 GMT start, and Rovers just had a game postponed against Millwall, but... They've had a rough one as of late. Scoreless draw on Valentine's Day at West Brom. They lost 2-0 to Forest at home. They lost to Swansea away 1-0. They drew Luton. And then their last win was against Middlesbrough at home. 
And prior to that, they lost 2-0 to Hull. So it's not been great as of late for Rovers, who, at, like for a time, were the hottest club in the championship. I mean, they had gone, what, like seven or eight unbeaten, and now they're just kind, kind of coming off the boil here. Yeah, kind of kind of hanging on by their fingertips here. I mean, you just Nate just told us their their form and that is not the Blackburn that got them to third in the table. And I mean, this is a big game for us and Blackburn may or may not have their best player. So that might help out the Blades a little bit. Yeah, this is a definitively a six-point game, and it is possible that Blackburn will be doing it without Ben Barrington-Diaz, who on 20 goals uh, was not set to play against uh, Millwall this past weekend. Not sure if he'll be back in time for our match on Wednesday, but if he is not, that is a boon for us. Yeah, a big, big win for us. But, I mean... You got to look at the likes of Sam Gallagher. He's he's netted six goals this year. They've got uh, the likes of Ryan Giles. He's got nine assists. So I mean, Ben Burton Diaz is a big loss for him. Twenty goals. That's going to be hard. And you know, the goals have seemed to dry up for him too. That's one, two, three, four. It's it's four games they haven't scored a goal in. Yeah. So I mean, that's terrible for him. So. Our, our defense is hard to break down, so maybe we can keep them off the scoreboard. I'd be okay that with be, that. That would be really nice. Going five games without conceding would be wonderful. I mean, it's incredible that we've gone 360-plus minutes, you know, in our last four-plus four, four plus games here uh, without conceding. It's incredible. Yeah, it's nuts. And, Chad, who do you think is going to start for Sheffield United in this game? Do you keep the same team? You bring in... Get I mean, some rest up front, maybe. I, I think it. The biggest thing is what's what's wrong with Baldock. It, it, he'll probably come out of the side. Charlie Good will probably come in. I would imagine, and then we'll slot Bash into that position where we we moved him into when Baldock came off uh, on the weekend. Oh man, I think Jai comes back in for for Berge. I think he's going to come out. I don't think he's going to start back-to-back games, and I think they're going to we're, we're going to rotate with the skipper. And I think Jebo might start this game because just coming on late in that game against Swansea, I think it's going to is kind of meaning that heck he's going to lean towards putting Jebo into the game, giving the skipper a little bit of rest. But Billy might Billy might play and and put a sixty-five or seventy minutes in, and then put Jebo on at the end of the game. Every time we say Billy Sharp is going to get some rest, he never does. Guy is a fucking workhorse, man. It's not. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. There's no way. Billy Sharp starts this game for me. He has to. Yeah, you're probably right. You, you, I, you're probably right because if I think if we don't start him, then then we lack chances and we start struggling trying to find goals because without him in the side, and this was perfect example against Hull when we put him in. We looked like we were going to score a goal and go on and win that game. When you take him out and he doesn't start, then the team time kind of like struggles, you know? Yeah. So yeah. you're probably right. He'll start. Yeah. I I think it's going to be Sharp and Njaya up front with Morgan Gibbs White in the hole. Yeah. And I think Horahan comes back in, in this game and, and Norwood. That's how like the midfield I think is going to shape up. And I think you're right. I think Basham moves to the right wing back 
And we put in Charlie Good there in in for where Basha was playing in uh, center half. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, there's definitely going to be some rotation, some some chop and change here. But I think we I like look the latter part of that game, which was basically that formation safe for Njaye. I didn't think Bash looked bad, so I think Bash can definitely play that right wing back position if need be. But maybe Balduck, it's not that bad of an injury. Maybe uh, Jaden Bogle is going to come back into the side. I don't know. I haven't heard anything uh, as far as Heckingbottom has said about where Jaden Bogle is at. But it's crazy. I thought we were going to be sorely missing him. But the way the way that Balduck played, he availed himself very well. I just hope that Balduck isn't down for a long time. Yeah, right. So how about a score prediction, Chad? Mm. Do you think we continue this unbeaten record here? I think we do, and I'm uh, right now. I'm wavering back in my head, either one nil or two nil, and I don't. I'll just go with one nil. We'll like this will be like we'll get a goal. It'll be a stale first half, and then we'll get one in like the fiftieth minute. And I think the law firm will get it because now he's confidence is brimming and he's getting back into form. So I'll go one nil with the law firm. The goal. I think that's a really good shout. I'm. I don't think I'm going to differ from you on that, Chad. One nil to the Blades. Morgan Gibbs White getting the goal. I like. We it. keep that. We keep that climb up the table going. Yep, and a, another clean sheet too. Hopefully. Yep. So we're going to see what happens this Wednesday. Until then, I think that's just about all the time that we have for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. Chad, where can the people find you on social media? They can find me at Blades in the USA on Facebook and Twitter. And if you want to follow me personally at Jarvis underscore 13 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me, Noah Snyder, at SunPuck on Instagram and then at Nestman930 on Twitter. And if you haven't done so already, please give this podcast a follow on all social media. You can follow us at Red Sheffield on Twitter and then you can follow our Facebook page at The Red Half of Sheffield. And if you haven't done so yet either and you're listening to this podcast on apple podcasts please give us a rating give us a little review if you like what you're hearing we really really appreciate that so until this wednesday when we take on blackburn rovers at the lane up the blades chad up the blades come on you red and white wizards